This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so right. let's say you know you have a certain strength. Okay. But you're not really sure how to channel it. So are you supposed to sit there, try to figure out like what exactly am I supposed to do with the strength, or are you supposed to let the raft just the raft just go along? I think that it's a great question. I think that every single person. I could only speak, let's say, from my own life, right? If you would have told me that my life would look like this a number of years ago, I think I would have told you you're crazy. In a certain sense, certain people have visions, and those visions never come to play itself out because that's not really your calling. Your calling is something totally different. If you would have sat with Rabbi Akiva when he was 37 years old and said to him, hey, Akiva, you know, what's your thing? He would say, I'm probably going to become a successful farmer one day. I'll be a nice guy, an Ehrlich guy, but like that's it, right? He only discovered his tafkid when he was 40. Though in a certain sense, it's our job to explore and explore and explore. And then Hashem will f- figure out how to move the raft and say, yeah, no, I think you could become bigger than this, or I think you have a different purpose than this. But within our lives, I think it's incumbent upon us to find it. And I'll also say that just be, you know, let me say something. A lot of times people start things and it goes, let's say, for six months or a year. Or a person starts learning something. Or a person davens. Or a person says, I'm deleting, del- deleting a certain app from my phone. And they, they their intention is this is going to become for life. And then three months later, six months later, three weeks later, whatever it is, it falls flat. I have news for you. That's considered a success. Just because you didn't create an organization that lasted for a thousand years which organization today is around for a thousand years? Okay, maybe you have something a hundred years, maybe you have things for twenty years, thirty years. But just because you know what I'm saying, there there are people who start groups and clubs and 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 anything. They start things, and these things have an impact on one person for one one minute. That is a success. So a person doesn't have to find that thing that becomes netzach netzachim. It doesn't have to become something that becomes on your tombstone. But for that moment, that's where you were supposed to be, and that's what you were supposed to become. Hashem will then take you to the next step. I like to think of it like almost like platforms, that when a person sort of like leverages and maximizes what's on this platform, you oftentimes find that like the next platform presents itself. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden there's a new opportunity, a new job, and you find you find amazing people in Kalisrael who switch careers or jobs when they're like 60, 70, 80 years old. You're like what? You're not done? Like you didn't find your, your rhythm yet? They did. They found it for that Takufa, for when they were 30, 40, 50. Now all of a sudden they're 57 years old and a major organization reaches out and says, we need you know a person like you to head it or to lead it or to give whatever it is, leadership or, or your opinion. And that is their next platform. And sometimes there's a certain beauty to that. Like, wow, amazing. You didn't stop growing. You didn't stop changing. Um, Rabbi Berkowitz always used to say that there's a certain psaq that Rav Eliashev gave. And for many, many years, he was known to have given a certain psaq in a certain way. And then one day, Rav Eliashev gave a share, and it came to this shayla. He changed the psaq. And everyone was like, stunned. Like, everybody knows your position. And he's like 95 years old. Like, everybody knows your position on this. Like, for 95 years, you've always been saying that this is mutter. And now you're saying it's usher. You're always saying it's usher. Now you're saying it's mutter. Like, what's going on? And they asked Rav Yashiv, and he said, yeah, I hear. But he went through the sugi again. He came out, and I said, I found out why it's mutter. And they were like, but, but you always said it was also. He's like, I know. And now I, w- I went through it a little deeper, and I found that the halacha talk is, is that it was mutter. And Rav Berkowitz spoke about it, and he was like, ah, oh, you see 
you see how amazing it is that Rav Yashiv never stopped growing. Till his final days, he was looking at each sugya fresh. He didn't just go through the sugya and say, oh, I already said this is Asr and this is Mutter, and this is Asr and this is Mutter. No, he was always like, and Taka, what would be the halacha here? Oh, let's go through the Gemara again. Oh, do we have another Heter? What would be in that case? Oh, yeah, Taka, I would be Mako. Oh, no, over there, I'd have to be Machmer. He went through each sugya again, not content that like he was the God of Adar who already made this Psak 50, 60, 75 years ago. There's a certain beauty to that that people are not, they didn't just stop growing. And yes, a lot of times it's within, you're not going to, maybe you will, but I won't, you know what I'm saying? Most people are not going to be offered to become the CEO of like, you know, a good stroll of America tomorrow. It's, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be elected as the God of Adar tomorrow. You're going to have to find within your platform, within the things that are around you, where does this work? Within my life today. But then the next opportunity will present itself and then the next opportunity and then the next opportunity. And that's where a person has to jump from platform to platform. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, the, the question is, if somebody is not doing something on a public scale, is that considered growth within their own personal lives? A hundred percent. You know, we always say that one of the, one of the earliest halachas in, in, in Arachayim, which is the basic living life, is the concept of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid, living, right? And the, the Shulchan Aruch says, I'm in my own house, my own room, who sees me? Chesed that's done for public, or things that are done on a public scale, is not necessarily indicative of greatness. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and they have to take 100%. Yeah, a mother... A hundred percent, a hundred percent. A mother, a mother who 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 is motivated to be the best mother that she can be behind closed doors, and nobody gives her a shkayach, and that's her tafkid and fulfilled her tafkid. One hundred percent. The nitziv's mother, right, <laughs> or or any anybody's mother. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. You know, just the uh, the ability to run a successful home and be a successful spouse or parent or child or or in any single relationship that could be greatness. For that person, doesn't have to become on a public scale. On a public scale, oftentimes it pulls away from the family unit. So, no, a person does not have to become famous for whatever they're doing to become great. They have to be great in their own in their own world. So there's some of the greatest people are people that you never heard of who are sitting in their own house and they're learning and they have great families and they're taking their families for walks and not crazy lavish vacations. They don't have a lot of money. You never heard of them. They have no yichas. They're just like sitting there doing. They're, they're grinding it out day after day. Yes, 100%. They don't have to go out there to do something to, to, to achieve something like that. Yeah. It's a good question. So sometimes, you're, I'll repeat the question. So how does a person know? Sometimes something seems like beyond them and it's too, too much for them. Or, or, but maybe that is what they're supposed to push themselves. So sometimes a person needs guidance. Sometimes a person does. They need guidance to figure out like, is this my tafka? Right, I, I, I've had this Shaila more than once, you know, things that came across my desk and I have my Rav who I call and I say, is this for me? What do you think? And oftentimes the answer is no, this is not for you. You have to know that this is, this is your area. Um, it's called something like not your area of expertise, but it's like your, um, like your scope of practice. This is your scope of practice. Like this is for you and these other things are not necessarily for you. But sometimes a person has to be told, no, no, you need to push yourself because this specifically, sometimes a person needs guidance. But a very good indication, I think, is like we all have our own inside compass that usually tells us if you're doing something right or wrong. 
So sometimes if you push yourself and you feel like this just didn't feel right, then it's probably not right. Usually. But sometimes a person needs to get guidance. You know, I'm not giving a, 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 a specific answer, but sometimes just on the inside, you just ask yourself and you just say, this is probably not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, fire away. Somebody wants to ask on, on the Zoom? Go ahead. The rabbi said that we should see how all our circumstances, we should see all our circumstances as a guide. Yeah. Um, for our purpose. Does that also apply to when a person fails? Like, does this mean someone who does that fails? Is that fair? For, for sure. I mean, which person, right? Right? There's nobody who does good and doesn't, doesn't do something wrong. I heard somebody once give an awesome explanation for that. He said, Ain't tzaddik There's nobody who became a tzaddik, asher yasa that only did good, v'layachta, without, without failing. It's not possible to only do good. That means you didn't try anything, you didn't take risks in anything, you didn't push the boundaries in anything. Nobody is born into this world and just sits down, like falls into the base madrash, like lives, eats, and dies in the base madrash and gets buried, buried in the base madrash. And nobody's like that. Every person has nisyanis, every person has emotional challenges, every person has physical challenges, every person has f- uh, family you know, challenges. Uh, every person has these challenges. If a person goes through their life without those challenges, they're probably in denial that there's really things going on around them. So if a person fails, part of failure is, is part of growth. You know, it's an interesting thought, which I didn't say, but he talks about this idea. He says, sometimes, and he's talking to like a bacher in, in like yeshiva, like figure high school, okay? He says, sometimes I encourage you to leave the base madrash and spend a few minutes doing nothing. And those few minutes of quote-unquote bittel Torah, you're going to feel really down. Like, what did I just do? I just wasted time. He says, great. Now grab that bad feeling and use that feeling to like fly back into the base madrash and then throw open your, your Gemara and like really throw yourself into it. Sometimes your failure, you're doing something wrong is your biggest catalyst towards growth. It's a Yeridu L'Tzerech Aliyah. You're falling in order to get back up. So if somebody falls in a certain area, all of a sudden like you're finished and you're done and like that's it. No, absolutely not. A person sometimes fails and they fall and they do something wrong and then you pick yourself back up. And, and you know, the idea of guilt absolving sin I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. It's a different religion. Okay. The idea of utilizing, utilizing failure and, and the guilt that's associated with it to, in order to be a catalyst for you to then change the way you do things. That's our religion. I'm not sure if you know the difference. Okay. So just simply feeling bad. That's a different religion. A lot of people go, well, but I felt so bad about it. So, okay. Good. So harata. Good. It's part of it. Right. Now there's aziva sachet. You leave it, you know, you change your ways. You don't do that again. And then you, you go forward as a new person. You change who you are, who you, who you're, you're on the road to become. Just simply saying like, I failed and therefore I'm a nothing. That's, that's just yish. That's just nothing. There's no, there's no purpose to that. So no, no person shouldn't get down because they failed. They should be like, yeah, it's cool. I failed. I'm living through life. Take the mic. Is her question more like, is your challenges your purpose? Meaning, Sometimes. Sometimes a person's challenges are their purpose, and sometimes a person's challenges are not. A person could come from, let's call it a very challenging home situation. doesn't mean you, you are supposed to become a, 
you know, family, you know, therapist that's not necessarily supposed to be your calling. Could be your calling is supposed to be something totally different. And you happen to have this challenge going on at home, which you'll get extra, extra scar for the fact that you happen to be dealing with a challenging family situation. Not always is your challenge the defining role that you're supposed to play in life. No, not always. I don't think so. Not at all. No, I think we could say that definitively. No, not at all. You know what I'm saying? The Chazanish didn't have children. The Chazanish became the Chazanish. He didn't, he didn't open a fertility clinic. You know what I'm saying? He, he became the Chazanish. That's what he became. It wasn't his challenge or his, his struggle, if you want to call it, did not make that become his, his tafkid, right? But there were other organizations that had similar challenges and that became their role. Every person has to find their role. It's not necessarily the, the specific challenge that a person is going through. No. Okay, fire away. So we could piggyback on the question. People are asking, how do you, so how do you know what your purpose is and your calling? I think that every person is different. Every person is unique. Every person has to celebrate their uniqueness. You know, in a certain sense, I believe that we go through the, the, the yeshiva system or the basiako system almost like cookie cutter, like this is who we are. You know, a lot of schools today, they advertise that they celebrate individuality and, you know, individual attention to children. Fine. It's great. Of course, that's obviously the goal. I think it's really mostly when you leave the system that you sort of find something different. I was just talking to my friends and I was telling them how, you know, because I learned in, in the JK bar at Berkowitz, it's a halacha kolo. And to me, I remember walking in that first day and seeing guys like arguing in halacha and they were like, and like, they were like talking, they were talking English. Meaning they were, they were having a conversation in English. They were like, so, so you're saying that if the person's standing on a box, so it depends, how, like, you know, like, like real practical examples. And like, so that means like if you're building your sukkah and you have your pergola and the walls are made out of this, so then first you need to put this down and then that. But, but what happens if the pergola doesn't have walls? So then you could you use a curtain? Like it was like English, like they were talking English. And I was like, this is beautiful. Like, this speaks to me so much. And I was talking, I was there for obviously for, you know, many years. And I was talking to a friend of mine. And he told me, he said that when we were learning in yeshiva together, he approached a certain person. I won't say who it was, obviously. And he told him, he said, you know, I'm not finding so, so much sipak in my learning. I, there's a certain program, a certain yeshiva that is specified, like specifically learning halacha. I think it'd be very good for me. What do you think? And they were like, ah, nah, it's not for you. He's like, I'm now out of yeshiva 20 years and I, I, I feel like I missed, I, I lost out. I knew my calling. I felt my calling. I knew what it was. And I was guided that like, like just suppress that feeling. Don't go along with that. And he says, until today, I'm bitter about it, that I, I, I feel like I missed an opportunity there. Every one of us has to find our, our things within our, within our lives, within our families, within our communities, within our jobs. Whatever it may be, you know, there are doctors that, that do a tremendous amount of chesed with their knowledge. They're, they know things that other people simply don't know, right? They're able to help people. You call a person up 10 minutes before Shabbos with a specific medical issue. They're able to give you guidance. That's an incredible human being. He went through 10 years of killing himself. He's saddled with student debt till he's 197 years old. He's who knows how many millions of dollars of debt, right? And the person for chesed is willing to just help people in the community who have a question, right? People go to, there, there's a dermatologist, people go to him, you know, when, when a kid falls on Shabbos and like, do, does a kid need stitches, not stitches? Totally free. It's not like, give me your insurance card and I'll hold on to it after Shabbos. Like, totally chesed. That is godless. You've utilized your, your skills, your education, 
your your years of dedication to learning something to give over to other people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to become world-renowned to make that happen. You just have to find within your life where you're able to give and live and and where's your seatbook? Where's your life? Where's your life? Where are you alive? Where are you alive? And if you're doing something and you just feel like very sluggish and very down, you're doing the wrong thing. Something's not adding up. You have to find the thing that gives you chiyas. That's, that's, that's the concept. Yeah? Too animated? Yeah, I do one more show. Um, how do you feel good after doing one good thing if you know you have so much more potential to live up to? Do another good thing. <laughs> right? Do another good thing. I, I, I think that people are so filled with so much potential. There's 24 hours in a day. The person stops and just says to themselves, where in my day, how in my day do I have meaning? Do I have purpose? If your job is dragging you down, if your boss is dragging you down, if your family is dragging you down, if if your day is just a grind, then something's off in your day. If you it's not, right? <laughs> okay. If if your if your day is a grind, then something's off in your day. If if your day has like, oh, this is good. I feel like I'm helping people. If you're a shoemaker, you're literally helping people, right? You're helping people walk, right? If you're a doctor, you're an accountant, you're a lawyer. Anything you do, you're helping people. You do work for a title company. Literally anything you do, you're helping people. You have meaning. You're good at it. You have your parnasa from it, obviously, but you're also able to attach chesed to it. And then outside of that, you're able to do other chesed. You know, I'll just end with this concept. And then we'll, we'll save a lot of these questions maybe for, for next week or two weeks. One of the things that I spoke about this once, I got a lot of pushback, but I still think I'm right. So I'll say it again. Okay. Is the concept of switching gears. We live in a society that tells us like you're so overworked that like you have a right to just like zone out from life and like do nothing for hours on end because you are overworked. Nebuch on you. You have to sit in a plush thousand dollar chair and look at a three thousand dollar monitor and wow, your life is just so, it's just such a, such a struggle, such a burden. So Nebuch, so here, so take this $1,500 device, okay, that has access to everything in the world and just keep swiping right, left, center, up and down and right and left. You can get married on this thing. You get divorced on this thing. You can meet people on this thing. You can do anything on this. You could change the world. You could launch a nuclear submarine on this thing. Don't, you deserve it. Absolutely. Because, hey, I'm saying you're the most stressed generation ever. So in your $2 million house with your $1,500 device, you just sit back and you're really comfortable thing. Nobody's trying to kill you. Nobody's trying to martyr you, you know, murder you. No, nobody's trying to pillage your village. You don't have to work in a field. But Nebuch, we're the most stressed generation ever. So you just sit there for hours and hours on your 16 pillows and like, you deserve it. It's really, you, you deserve it, you know? It's like, okay, yeah, okay, I guess I do, you know? This is what my friends are doing. So stressful. So many notifications coming at the same time that our lives are just like, oh, I can't handle life. But like, if you stop and realize that we're probably the most spoiled generation to ever live under the sun, probably ever, maybe like Shlomo Malik's generation was like for a few years more spoiled than us. Maybe, maybe, Okay. They still had to work the fields and do all the other stuff, okay? We're literally the most spoiled people ever. You don't even have to leave. I, we we needed we needed orange juice. Orange juice, okay? 
I went to the store and I thought we had, and we I forgot to buy orange juice. We didn't even need it. We wanted it for like a certain thing. And I was like, okay, fine. We don't have, we don't have it. So my said, you can Instacart this over. I was like, okay. It's like, we could have it here in 17 minutes. A 17 minute, there is a, there is a guy who will drive to the store, pick up the exact orange juice you want, ha- run to your house and bring it to you. I was like, that guy could get it here faster than if I went out to the store, got it, st- stayed online and brought it home. That guy could have it here faster than that. I mean, we live in a world that is like, unbelievable so why is it that we have like so much stress the answer is is sometimes i think this is the secret we have to switch gears it's so repetitive it's so we're so bogged down by everything that we just sit there and we're like it's, it's overwhelming so we escape from life there are good girls there are good guys that struggle with shabbos they're on their phones on shabbos why why are you struggling with shabbos Shabbos is like me'ina ilam haba. And like, you're struggling. You know why they're struggling? Because they never exist. They don't live in the present moment. They're always escaping. Their life is so bombarded with like emails, texts, WhatsApp. It's it's never ending. So they, they've programmed their brain to escape. It's always an escape. Just a swipe, a right, a left, a up and down. They've learned to escape. So when it comes to Shabbos, where you have to be present, so literally we've spoken about this, the idea of being present on Shabbos, Everything else is tuned out and you're just like, hey, you're sitting around and you're like, and you're singing songs and you're talking to people. They can't do that. They need that escape. They've programmed themselves not to live a real life. So the only thing they know how to do is swipe up and down and and right and left. And it's so, so sad. Can't even live with ourselves and our families. So how do you, how do you live when you're so stressed out? Then just switch gears, switch gears, find your next seapuk. You come home from work, go running, go, go to a, go to a kosher gym. You know what I'm saying? Don't tune out, tune in, listen to a share, organize a share, go to a raise a campaign because this is life. This is life. This is life. Live life. If you live death, if you live behind a curtain and that's the only way you're surviving, that's not real life. If you live life because you're actually alive, because you never stop, and then I had to drive this person to High Life Land, and then I had to run to this organization and help them set up, and then I had to help this old lady, and then I dropped off flowers by this person, you're now alive. You're so excited. Shabbos is exciting. Family is exciting. People are exciting. Real people that you could talk to face-to-face. It's exciting. It's real. When you're, when you're not living real, so then it's so fake and it's so shallow and it's so sad. It's not life. It's death. Everything we have in our life is really opportunities for us to grab onto life. Right? It's a tree of life. If you grab onto it, it's, it gives you life. Not just like one day you'll feel alive. No, today you'll feel alive. You will feel alive today. Switch gears. Don't tune out. When you program yourself to tune out, you program yourself to be dead. To live a life that is dead. You're living behind a screen you're living behind a mask. When you program your brain to tune in, to grab the next gear, the next platform, the next opportunity, you're learning to program your brain to grab life. And then when you start living, you don't need to run out so much. All of a sudden, you don't have to escape so much. And all the things around us actually contribute to your life. Shabbos is alive. It's not like the only way you get through Shabbos is if you're in a comatose state or if you're you know, on a screen. You know what I'm saying? It's it's shocking. It's shocking. We live in such 
we spoke about this last time, an abundance of wealth and opportunity with so much going on. We have to grab on to all of these things. It's a responsibility for all of us to grab onto these things and find our our chilek within learning taira or living taira. Each one of us has to find those things. And keep searching and searching and searching until you actually find your chilek in Hashem's world and your purpose and your tafkid so that you find who you could become. Who's the real you? That's the goal of achieving greatness. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.